You're now listening to Your Real Money Stories podcast. There was a brand where they had that watch and they were like, it's 100% ocean plastic or something. It's like, what does that even mean? Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. I saw that and people were just dragging them all over Twitter. Because <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's just like a bunch of words they put together and said, that sounds green enough. Hi guys, I'm Ashley. I'm Eve. And I'm Nick. And we are the Money Medics. And we're your hosts of Your Real Money Stories. An original podcast series brought to you in association with Zopa. The podcast where we'll be giving you the unfiltered truth about money through anonymous confessions and unfiltered opinions. As well as providing useful information and resources for each topic we discuss. And we have to say, this isn't financial advice. These are just our views. So today we'll be talking about sustainable fashion, what it means and whether this is actually realistic for the majority of people. So there was um, a study by retailme.com and it showed that four out of five people think eco-friendly products cost too much. So as per usual, there'll be three sections to the podcast. First, we'll hear a personal story from our anonymous guest. Then we'll discuss our own opinions and then we'll have some useful tips and resources towards the end. So today we have Jenny joining us and of course she's anonymous, that is not her real name. So how are you Jenny and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, I'm good, I'm well, how's everyone? <sighs> I've just been indoors, you know. I know, it's like the same slow. story every week, <laughs> like yeah just indoors doing nothing, yeah. So not too long ago Ash and I were talking about, um, we're just naming expensive shops and brands and we're asking each other, oh is this sustainable or was this? And we actually genuinely don't know. You can't really tell whether or not a, sh- a shop is sustainable or not. So we're hoping that you can demystify a bit of this for us. So tell me about your previous shopping habits then. Right. So my previous shopping habits, I think they coincided with when I was at university. Everyone knows at university, you get this huge chunk of money, um, which most have never actually had in their accounts before. Um, and you're just kind of given the freedom to spend as you wish. And I definitely did that. I would say that before I decided to become sustainable, I did the whole shopping for events and wearing it once, shopping cheaply as well, which meant that I couldn't actually rewear items as much as I would have probably liked to. And also just shopping randomly or recklessly, I would say like it, it didn't, it was more of an emotive action than, okay, I actually need the item. Um, and I found that during uni, like throughout my whole university experience, a lot of my shopping habits were based on where I was going and how I felt versus, okay, where am I actually shopping and how often, which is how I approach shopping now. I think for me, it was a personal conviction of, okay, I've spent X amount of money over the past few years and I do not have at least 80% of those clothes anymore. I now turned around and was just like, you know what? I think there was just like, there was a breaking point for me where I know a lot of you can actually relate to this, where you order from like a certain brand and the item just doesn't come, it comes and it doesn't look as it was meant to be online. And I'm just like, this is the third time in a row. And I'm like, I'm done. I just said, I'm done. And it wasn't really from um, the standpoint that I'm, I'm taking now with sustainability. It was more, I just can't be bothered to keep going to the post office, going to Asda, going to co-op and dropping my parcel every single time and I think for me that was like the turning point and ever since then I've just been a bit more of a I wouldn't say wholly sustainable because 
is a very buzzword term, but I will say a more conscious consumer. So I know this is going to be really, really hard for you to actually average, but if you think about your past or previous spending habits, on average, how much do you think you're probably spending each month? I would say about uh, maybe 200 or so. But the thing is, because of how student finance dropped, it was more like I'd bulk spend. So I just buy loads of stuff and then probably have to return most of it. And most of it I didn't because I was that lazy, ridiculous. And so I didn't get that money back. So I think overall, like I would say over two months, three months, it'll probably be about 150 to 200 pounds. But I wouldn't shop monthly. It would be like for those three months to fill my lifestyle, I guess. I think it's about three months because I also had a bursary and I knew it was coming in like, what, November? So I'd try and pace myself till then. But by like October, I was like just stuck on into me. I didn't have money for food. Like... It, it was bad. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to own my journey. It was bad. But the thing is, you have, I think uni just perpetuates this idea of you have to look, you know, a certain way. And you also have to look like you're part of the lifestyle. And I definitely wasn't going to let anyone know that I probably had like two pounds in my account. Um, but my mum and my parents were definitely buying my groceries some months. Like that was how bad it was. Um, but yeah, it, it, it just became a bit frustrating, I think, towards the tail end of my uni experience that half the clothes or even 80% of the clothes that I had, I could not wear again, purely because they were trendy items, which means that they were no longer in season. I didn't actually like them. And then on top of that, they were just really poor quality. Would you say that it had an impact on your financial well-being, where like, you know, you were spending so much money on clothes, you didn't really have like enough money to like buy food and stuff like that. How did that affect you? Yeah, yeah, no, it did. I, don't, I, I think back then I didn't really have an understanding of money, like I didn't really get it the way I do now and I didn't really understand why my dad was shouting at me to save. It just, it didn't click for me. I'm the type of person where I have to experience certain things to be like, ah, that's why you said that. Okay, cool, I won't do it again. Um, But when it comes to money, I, I think I'm lucky in the sense that it didn't really affect me and it wasn't until um last year to be very transparent that I actually paid off my overdraft from uni. Um, and I will say that most of it did come from spending a lot of money on clothes and shoes and things that, not even experiences that I can say, you know what, I don't regret going to that country or traveling here, but it was really just close. So I think it definitely did have an impact then, but and like I said, I wasn't working. So it's like when you don't have an income, you kind of just go f- further and further into your overdraft, further and further into debt. But I didn't really see it as debt as well, because it's like, it's an overdraft and there's no interest. So I think as I, I grew and I understood the financial impact this was having on my financial well-being, then it became a thing of, okay, one, I need to fix it because clearly I've got nothing to show for the money I've spent. Do you mind if I ask, how old are you? Just because you mentioned um, you've only just cleared up your um, debt from uni. Do you mind if I ask, how, how many years did it take for you to clear all of that overdraft up? <laughs> I'm 24 and I graduated from my undergrad in 2018. But then I also literally that um, September did my master's. So I've been in, like, I haven't worked. I've only started working, I think, in the past year. Um, Just to go back to sustainability, because I feel like at the moment it feels a bit more like a buzzword as if everyone's shouting it out. But if I'm being honest, there are some times where I don't fully understand what it actually means and what sustainability is. So what does it actually mean to shop sustainability? 
And what made you change your like shopping habits around? So like, did you just wake up one moment and you thought, oh my gosh, I need to change my life? Like, or was it like a slow process over a period of time when you started noticing different things? So what made you change, change the way you shop basically? Um, so to my understanding, and I, I really encourage people to actually look at the general um, definition of sustainability and then apply it to their lives. So to my understanding, sustainability is, well, in fashion specifically, it's where items are made ethically, which means that along the production line, there aren't, there are people are being paid at least a living wage. Um, and the difference between a living wage and a minimum wage is they can actually live off of the money that they're being paid versus a minimum wage, which we all know means absolutely nothing for most. Um, that's a, that's the ethical side. Um, and sustainable also means in terms of the fabrics and the materials used and the method in which the fabrics or the items are created. Now, the reason why it feels like such a buzzword is because it's not really regulated. It's really hard to regulate these brands to ensure that they are actually sustainable. And sustainability as well is super subjective. Before I even entered this whole like sphere, I did feel like it wasn't for me. When I think about sustainability, as like a whole, I do picture the, you know, this white woman who's wearing, you know, small brands, items and rewears the same thing over and over again. And she doesn't, you know, she, she has money to do that. She has money to spend sustainably, but it doesn't actually look like that. And I think I've had to understand that for myself. So when I say I, I'm a sustainable shopper, I'm sustainable in my term of sustainable. So I do not buy unless I need in terms of clothes, I do not buy for events. That is a sustainable way of shopping. I do not buy, I don't know, 10 of the same item when I know I don't need 10 of the same item. Is is that practice of how many wares can I get out of one versus how many can I get for a hundred pounds? That's, that's how I would look at it and encourage people to look at it. In terms of actually finding brands that are actually sustainable, that's where it gets tricky because a brand could have the whole you know, we're going to have a whole recycled line, you know, but 80% of their products are for five pounds. There's no way that that brand is sustainable because sustainability literally means that every single part of the process of creating the item has been done fair, has been done ethically and has been done green. And if you're selling an item for five pounds, you can only imagine how much the workers are being paid. So there's all of this, these things to think of and I think it can get daunting for most I started reading up on sustainability especially the ethical side which is the workers rights their working conditions and it just didn't feel right for me to shop with that particular brand and brands associated with that brand so I think over time because that was like December 2019 so I think over time I also started being a bit more versed in that world in the sustainable world in the fashion world and in the tech world and understanding that, okay, as a fashion tech, you know, tech can only do so much if it doesn't actually encourage brands to um, ensure that their production lines are ethical. So for me, it was more of a personal conviction at that point. Okay, yeah, I don't want to keep ordering things and they don't fit right or they don't look the way they looked on the site. But on, at the same time, it works because I don't feel comfortable spending at this brand when I know that their production line is detrimental to workers in the global south so my personal conviction came from literally I think human rights I would say as well as my personal um problems that I had when I shopped online with regards to the problems that you've had online I remember there was a time that I shopped in one of these um 
I guess, quote unquote, fast fashion shops. And this is the first time shopping there. I was going on holiday. I bought a shirt and I had another shirt that was um, relatively similar, but from another store. I bought this one from that store. And when I mean there was a significant quality difference, I was like, wow, it actually feels like I've just bought a piece of paper (laughs) that I'm going to wear on my chest. This cannot possibly be a shirt. So I know exactly what you mean with regards to the differences in quality as in if you're getting something significantly cheap, you get what you pay for at the end of the day and you can only expect for it to be not a very good quality item sometimes. But um, so back to what you're saying with regards to, um, you know, certain stores being a bit more inclusive than others. So I remember we had someone on our podcast not too long ago and she mentioned that um, with regards to sustainability, the reason why she's not as for it is because some of these fast fast fashion brands are a bit more inclusive to all different types of um, dress sizes as well as all different types of races. I mean, ever since BLM, I can see that this is slowly changing, but pre-BLM, it was mainly the, the um, fast fashion brands that would show more uh, ethnically diverse models and different body shapes as well. What do you think about that? What's your opinion on that? I completely agree. Um, it's frustrating, I think, for me, because it's like I I want to champion, you know, the sustainable area of fashion, but I know it's not for everybody, not just because it's expensive, but because it actually doesn't cater to everyone. I think the main issue is price points. If as a brand, like from a brand perspective, when you are being more inclusive in terms of um, bigger sizes and for taller women, it costs more. You are not making a one kind of like, you know, a standard UK sizing chart is pretty much standard across the brands. And it goes up to, I think, a 20, 22, probably goes up to more, but I'm not quite sure. And the whole idea of that, like even that, there isn't one size fits all chart for every single brand so if most brands are creating items and they're basing it on this chart they can do it in bulk because they know that this is a standard sizing and so I think a lot of them decide to take the easier route which is majority of our customers are within this sizing chart so let's keep it like this and push all our content push all of our um, clothing lines and you know when we can we'll look at expanding into plus and into tall when you look at how much you were spending previously, like as a rough estimate, are things more expensive for you now uh, based on how, based on your current conviction, is are, is that just you have fewer clothes now or do, would you say because of your conviction, your, your budget towards clothes is a lot higher than what it was previously? I think it's a bit of both because I'm now understanding that clothes shouldn't be that cheap number one mm-hmm. um and so that completely rules out a lot of the items that I would like would want to buy if you know I saw something and I'm like oh my god I want it but it's just like five pounds yeah I can't but at the same time um I would say it's a mix because I have clothes I think I, I have the same amount of clothes now but they have not been accumulated in a short period of time and they also haven't been bought very cheap. So it's a it's a weird balance of I haven't shopped as often yeah. because I didn't need to. Albeit we're in a pandemic, no one really needs to. But yeah, so no one should really be shopping. But 
you know, from time to time, like, to be honest, I didn't have much loungewear. So I did have to do a bit of shopping, but I literally sat there and said, okay, this isn't really, you know, something I want to do. But if I get these items, how many wears can I get out of them? There's this thing called the 30 wear rule. If you can wear it, if you know you can wear it at least 30 times, then it becomes mm. worth the purchase. It's it's twofold though, because if it's cheap, then, you know, someone along the line is still being, you know, it's still not in a good position because it was a cheap item in the first place. But if you're now saying, okay, if I buy this one item for five pounds, I'm not going to buy another one for another six months. That in itself is a sustainable way of shopping. So it it's paired with the fact that I have shopped less, but I've also shopped intentionally. And I've also been very specific with not really where I've shopped. I'm off the school of thought that it's more about how often than where. So I wouldn't say that I actually have sustainable items. I buy, I buy from smaller brands, which are in quite and quite sustainable because they are small but I wouldn't intentionally say I'm looking for sustainable items in terms of fabrics in terms of materials in terms of um the production like I'm not I'm not of that um world yet I would say because it's, it's very expensive it's a very expensive um lifestyle to uphold based on like this transition to um shopping more sustainably as a percentage how much of the time would you say that you shop sustainably Right now, I would actually say at least 60 to 70% of the time, I shop more sustainably. I class sustainably or sustainable shopping as shopping with smaller brands where I actually understand that it's actually probably handmade and it's made and tailor-made for me versus um, Mango or Zara, you know, the bigger brands. I do not shop at fast fashion brands and when I say fast fashion I mean the fast 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 fashion ones um but yeah I would say that it's about 60 70 percent more because I know I can afford to they are more expensive so for example oh. I got a jacket um made by this black owned brand actually which was 165 pounds in total I think and for oh, me wow. to spend that for one item was a breakthrough <laughs> because I've grown up literally on the whole you know five pound dresses, maximum 10 pounds, two piece. Like it's a very different lifestyle. But I think like you were saying, I think it's my attitude towards, you know, when we were younger, we didn't shop as much. We actually didn't. Fast fashion was not that fast. It was very, very slow compared to now. Um, And also our parents, I don't know about anyone else, but my parents were not fashion savvy. Like there was no retail e-commerce situation. It was next, you know, it was Primark. And you go there maybe once a year for the sales and you get what you need to. And that was it for the whole year. So it's a very different lifestyle I think we have now. Um, but that has led to me being a bit more conscious now that I've decided to be of where I'm shopping and how often. There's like a statement you said that. So you bought the £165 jacket because you could afford to. Um, so, you know, I'm just curious. and I'm sure some of our listeners are curious, like, what do you do and like how much do you earn that allows you to be able to afford something like this? It's <laughs> um, <laughs> a good question. If you don't mind, if you, if you're comfortable answering it. Um, yeah, I don't mind. So yeah, I work in finance. Um, I work in the middle office of an investment bank and I earn, I believe it's 31,250. Um, but I will say I live at home. I live at home. I don't pay rent. I don't pay bills. I'm in a privileged position to be able to put money in my savings, put money where I want to, and still be able to spend 
as I do. Oh. However, because I do not shop as often as I did when I was in uni, it does mean that it's not an expensive habit to buy something for £165. That is the most oh. expensive item I bought this year, last year. And I haven't, I think I shopped once since then. Yeah, I like, like I always say, I think it's just more about how often than anything else. I think there's a whole culture around that as well. Like image gang, I think that's what it's referred to as. Um, especially when we're younger. I think now everyone's coming into their own, well, at this age, you're coming into yourself. You're being a bit more re realistic, I hope, about what you earn and how much you need to save and what you want to do in the next three, four, five years. Um, and yeah, I just, I've, I, I think I've just taken a natural progression from being young and naive in terms of money to understanding that, okay, now you have a salary does not mean that all of it needs to go on like clothes. It just, it, it doesn't make sense. Oh. I mean, just because you just mentioned Image Gang, um, we were talking about fashion influencers earlier on. I mean, it seems as though they seem to be the target towards the um, all of these fast fashion brands team, seem to target these fashion influencers on social media to promote their items. So, I mean, what do you think? Do you feel like they have a role to play in the reason why fast fashion is such a big thing right now? Or do you feel like, no, you can't really blame influencers people should be responsible and you know think for themselves what what, what do you think about that uh, um <laughs> I think honestly it's their job right to sell whatever they're selling and it's also their choice influencers yes they do have a certain type of responsibility I think there was one influencer I cannot remember her name I think it's sincerely Ogosa where she actually spoke up and said she wasn't going to support she wasn't going to promote that's it Klarna which I I really respected because at the end of the day, it's their job. If a brand yeah. approaches you saying, I'm going to give you X amount of money to promote these clothes and it fits into your branding, you're going to do it. And I don't yeah. think that that is their fault. However, when you, because there is, there are influencers that are sustainable. Like there's a whole sustainable influencer world and I follow a few. So it's, it's interesting to see the difference between the two because one is more like I'm wearing the same you know, jeans again and again and again. And the other one is, you know, get 50% off of my code, get 30% off of my code. At the end of the day, they're both doing the same thing. They're selling something. So I can't really say it's influencers' fault. I do think that brands are very, like the whole marketing world have capitalized off of influencers and big Instagram followings. So I wouldn't, I think influencers are more a product of Instagram than it actually being their fault that people are spending where they're spending. That said, it's also, you know, to your own discretion as an influencer, do you actually feel comfortable promoting money off at certain brands when you know that, you know, their, I don't know, their factory was called out for poor working conditions? It just comes from a, a place of like self-awareness and a personal, it always comes down to a personal conviction from influencer to influencer to say, I'm not gonna promote this brand like um, that influencer did or, just say you know what I'm completely shifting my branding to not be very fast fashion but to be a bit more luxe so that means I'm not going to spend at these places anymore and at the end of the day if I follow an influencer that promotes oh well who's that Porsche I think was the brand like she promotes Porsche and and Tiffany and Melissa's wardrobe yes all these expensive brands but I'm not going to go and buy it I can't afford it it's just <laughs> it's just like at some point you're going to have to take responsibility for what you are um, absorbing and what you are actually being influenced to do. 
Um, and there's absolutely no problem with either. Like, if you say you're influenced by Melissa's wardrobe, great. Like, I've been a couple times. It's it's fine. <laughs> but it's not... I, I can't blame her if anything goes wrong because she didn't, like, literally force me to buy <laughs> the item. There is, there is a level of responsibility on both sides. No, you're right. And I think just, like, speaking about influencing and marketing, I think there's something on this, like bandwagon effect and i guess like i've heard of this concept like greenwashing i don't know what's your take on it yes um greenwashing is this idea of i think i alluded to it earlier where a fast fashion brand and when i say fast the fast 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 ones will now say that they are sustainable because they have a recycled clothing line um it's like you can't be it's virtually impossible because half the time those recycled items will end up on sale so it's like okay you now want to get rid of these items. Okay, cool. And majority of the clothes that are offered on their site are five pounds or less and poor quality. So that that's that's the idea of greenwashing. It's this idea of they say they're sustainable, they say they're ethical, they you know have a whole page on it. They say they you can return clothes and get money or get a voucher back. Why are you giving customers a voucher to spend again if you know you're sustainable? Is this whole idea of encouraging consumption on one hand and on the other hand saying that you're green and you're sustainable that's that's what greenwashing is in the, in the most layman terms um it also does mean that um certain brands are jumping on the bandwagon and saying okay we have a hundred percent there was a brand i think it was tom ford can't remember mm. where they had that watch i don't think it's tom ford but they had a watch and they were like it's 100 percent ocean plastic or something it's like what does that even mean oh i think i know who you're talking about i saw that and people were just dragging them all over twitter because <laughs> it's ridiculous it's just like a bunch of words they put together and said that sounds green enough it was tom ford it yeah tom yeah ford. thank you um this is the idea of just jumping on the sustainability bandwagon um, and using it as a buzzword to drive more conscious consumers because they, they, we are in an age where a lot of us know a lot more about the ins and outs of branding, the ins and outs of a brand, a fashion brand. Um, so we are being a bit more conscious and we're, call, we're calling out brands as well. There are a lot of Instagrams dedicated to calling out brands, which I 100% support. So yeah, the greenwashing, it's there um, to, to see it. I think it's very obvious to see it, but... Only if you want to, really. And only if you understand what sustainability is, to be very honest. In your opinion, and like from all the experience that you've gained over the years and all the research that you've done on sustainability, how can I be a conscious fashion... A conscious fashioner? (laughs) A a conscious fashion shopper, if that's even the word, but without having to break the bank or without having to spend like hundreds and thousands? What should I be doing? And how do I not fall for the greenwashing and actually be sustainable the first step i would say is just look at what you already own like look at your wardrobe look at what you already own before you even think about buying anything look at why you are buying as well which is am i buying because it's in trend isn't like it's the latest trend or am i buying because i know i'll wear it next year or the year after um i would also implore people to follow a lot of these pages like um i think there's remember who made them there is um save your wardrobe There is uh, Good On You. These are all applications or websites or podcasts um, that actually tell you, you know, this brand has been called up for child labour in the global south or women are being um, molested because they're refusing to work and they've joined a union. 
there are so many resources out there you just have to be intentional about um educating yourself about these things um but to clock greenwashing i think it will take um you actually understanding that most brands aren't sustainable for them to be as big as they are they just aren't it's not possible like i still i'll be very honest i shop at zara not as much as i used to because i couldn't actually afford to um but i shop at zara and i know they're not sustainable they have i've read their income statement as part of my master's and they did have like this thing where they're like oh not 80 percent, 88 percent, i think of our stores are sustainable and then in the like smaller text it was like at least per like one percent so it was like there was this Uh-oh. huge yeah there was this huge difference between what they said and what they were actually doing because it's subjective right no one's regulating it no one's holding them accountable so yeah i still shop there but i don't shop there often i don't need to i oh. i've looked at my own wardrobe i rewear like right now i'm wearing something that i wore like two days ago again and this is our item like i don't have a problem with that so i think we also need oh. to understand our relationship with our clothes why do we need to buy things all the time and why can't we rewear that's true that's so true and i think i guess it's like um not quote unquote saving the planet but it's like you know be more ethical but then i guess at the same time hopefully being more gentle on our bank account by shopping more um sustainably and I guess back to what Eve was saying on on the topic of like you know being more gentle on a bank account can you give us like any tips and tricks in terms of like being a conscious shopper I've heard of things like um well actually I've seen it a lot on like social media like um renting clothes or like putting your clothes out for rent um yeah what do you think of that oh there's so many options so so many options there is this app called by rotation um and actually i think it works perfectly with this whole idea of like image gang and spending money on items like 700 pound on suits and stuff when you shouldn't um it's it's for luxury items right so there's like bags you can rent a dior bag you can rent a, a chanel bag yeah so there are luxury items that you would not even some of us well i know i wouldn't have my hands on any time like this year that I could get probably tomorrow because of the app and its its community, which is great. There's also um, swapping initiatives. So you can do a clothes swap. Um, there's this place called Karma Clothing. There's so many out there that do this whole, you upload your items, you swap, you don't even have to know the person you're swapping with. And it's like a rotating community. That also means that you need to be open to it. You know, essentially getting secondhand clothes, which is completely different um, ball game and it's not for everyone which I understand another way is actually not to shop at all so there are apps that actually help you um there's an app sorry that helps you figure out what's in your wardrobe take pictures kind of like clueless I don't know if everyone anyone's watched clueless back yeah. in the day um and you upload all your items on that app and you it styles it for you so you can find new ways to rewear what you already own and then last but not least there's also um a way that even when you do shop you can ensure that because I think most of us, like the majority for me anyway, it was always an issue of poor fit. I would buy an item, like I said, and it wouldn't look the way I thought it would. Um, so it's not launched yet, but there is this um, browser extension that every time you shop, based on your past shopping um, history, it knows what you've returned and it knows what you've kept and it knows what sizes should fit you based on that. So you don't have to input, you know. Oh, wow. I think most brands do the whole 
what's your height? What's your date of birth? What's your age? And it's just like, come on, I just want a top. Like, I just want a dress. I don't need to put all this information in. Um, so there are so many tools out there that help you, even if you still want to shop, because I don't want anyone to feel like they shouldn't. It's just about being a bit more intentional with how often, where, and how much you're buying. In a nutshell, like, would you say, do you need to have money to be sustainable? And this is just for something for all our listeners. Do you need to earn lots of money? Do you need to spend lots of money to be sustainable? No, you don't. I think the bare minimum is looking at what you already own and finding uh, finding ways to restyle, rewear what you already own. A lot of us shop because it's an emotion, it's an impulse buying thing versus I need it. So look at your relationship with clothes, look at the one the ones you already own and rewear them, restyle them, like use them over and over again. Like that we've grown up with this whole idea of reuse until you can't anymore. I think we just need to go back to that. Like we just need to look at our clothes the same way. If our food can stay in a container that's not meant for it, our clothes can be reworn over and over again. Like it's not the end of the world if we're not on trend or we're not, you know, wearing what everyone's wearing on Instagram. Um, so I think that's the bare minimum that everyone can do. Um, and would I say that's sustainable? A hundred percent. But it's subjective. It's a very subjective word. And I do understand that, you know, a lot of these brands are for people that are from, you know, a lower working class background. So I don't ever want anyone to think that they have to stop shopping or stop spending somewhere. They just need to be a bit more conscious how they do it. Wow. Thank you so, so, so much. I feel like I've attended a lecture on sustainability. Are we going to get a certificate after this? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, wow, 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 wow. What a discussion. Do you know what? I didn't think that it would get that deep and that I would learn that much. Usually when I think of like sustainability, I don't know why, I just think of recycling. And I just think of really expensive... That's why I think I just think of really expensive clothes that now I need to go and buy £100 tops and £200 jeans. And, you know, you know, my, my, my paycheck is not really cut out for that right now. But, um, yeah, I've learned so much. So, you know, in this part of the podcast, we're going to be asking some hot questions. So, guys, obviously everyone needs to answer as truthfully as possible. So think about, like, what you wear, how you shop. How sustainable would you say you are? Has this changed over time? And how much money are you willing to spend, lose, to move into sustainable shopping. Do you know what? I want Nick to answer this one first because he, when we were having this conversation earlier, he thinks he's the king of sustainability. So go on, Nick. <laughs> How do you feel? No, no, but do you know what? Do you know what? I feel like um, before sustainability became a buzzword, I feel oh, like... Oh, wow, I'm, sorry. Nick. I was doing it first. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, <laughs> All right, you hipster. Do you know what? Do you know I just feel that I wouldn't class, class myself as a sustainable shopper I would class myself as a uh, minimalist and I encourage everyone to watch um, Minimalist on Netflix. And the reason why, Evil will attest to this, I tend to buy um, very similar items like plain black tees or um, T-shirts or similar types of Chelsea boots. I tend to just replace. And when it comes to jeans, I've been a strong advocate of Levi jeans. And the reason being is one, they're good quality. And then you also have the option to mend your jeans. I used to get my jeans from um, elsewhere. And Nick was like, yeah, I get it from Levi. Um, and I did. I didn't really wear it that much, if I'm being honest, because um, 
because of my physique, I need a particular type of um, material or else it doesn't fit me very well. And theirs didn't really fit me very well. But um, I do agree as in like, even when you touch it and feel it, you can tell that, okay, this is a lot thicker. This is a lot better quality. This mm. is like real denim and not mixed with as much like plastic, et cetera, as the others. So I I guess you're you're right in that sense. All right, you can wear your crown. It's okay. <laughs> Shall I polish it for you? His head is as big as the whole living room. I now. know. <laughs> it barely fits in this space, man. <laughs> what about you, Ashley? Mm, do you know what? It's so funny. Prior to like, um, you know, the conversation that we just had, I would have said that I'm not really a sustainable shopper because I don't buy recycled clothing. <laughs> but based on what she said, and she said that, you know, s- sustainable shopping is like, you know, buying less stuff, buying more quality stuff. And um, what else did she say? I don't know, like getting more wear out of it. I'm going to have to say, Nick, I might have to take your crown for sustainable shopping because I'm, I, I'll probably say I am very sustainable to the point i don't shop what this, this no is... i agree actually doesn't shop Wait, that much i, I do not shop i like literally if i had to ever since like i've moved i i don't buy clothes i like i'll probably buy clothes maybe i can comfortably say i probably buy stuff once a year I clothing. agree. Actually, doesn't buy that much clothes yeah but i don't i don't no let me finish let me land nicholas so it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll give a good example. So I go to work. Um, in terms of like these jumpers I'm wearing right now, these I've had them for three years. And for the last three winters, I wash them, I'll get them out and I cycle through them. Um, I buy shoes like once a year, even my gym year, my gym year, my gym wear. <laughs> I replace them probably once a year. In terms of jackets, I buy jackets maybe every one. I do not shop. If you come to my house, I have a very small wardrobe. I, I agree. So you guys can share the crown. Well, half of your head can be in it, Nick, and then the other half actually. No, Nick, Nick's head is too big, so I can't share it. Okay. <laughs> what about you? Um, I don't know. Like, I feel so many different ways about this. So again, like you, Ashley, my understanding of sustainability was again like is it is it does it if it's recycled, does that mean it's sustainable, or is it the material? Does that mean it's sustainable, or is it just if it's expensive, then you can assume it's sustainable. So I didn't really understand what it really meant until basically this podcast and the, and the research that's gone into this podcast. Whether or not I'm sustainable, um, I would say I have my moments. So I do feel like I, I am quite a fast fashioner, if I'm being 100% honest. I am, I do, not the fast, 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 fast fashion, because there's a significant decline in the Please. quality. What's the fast, 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 fast and fast, because I'm very confused. Those are like <laughs> right. the new online stores that have come in the past, like 10-ish years or so, that you tend to see their billboards and the girls that are on it are really pretty and, um, mm. you know, I'm so that's fast, 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 fast. Yeah, fast. I think you can guess the brands that I'm referring to oh, here. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, um, but the t- the ones that I tend to shop at are like the Zara's and and the um, H&M's, etc. Um, and if and I guess I've learned that they're not sustainable. So I guess I probably don't fit very well in this whole sustainable um, area. But I am having this conversation has taught me a lot and made me realize, especially actually post-pandemic even has taught me that I need to be a lot more conscious on 
um, the amount that I'm spending, but also be more aware of the lifestyle that some of these fast fashion brands are providing for other people, how much people are being paid, etc. There's a lot more that I'm learning about through having these conversations. So I do have a feeling that when we do go back to normal, my lifestyle will change. But um, yeah, again, just with this whole greenwashing, sometimes I do feel away because sometimes it feels as though um, you think that you're buying something sustainably because it's expensive, but really it's made in the exact same factory as a fast fashion, but they've just put a high price tag on and you're just paying a lot of money for the exact same thing. So, you know, I'm going to do more research, learn more about it, and then I will try and live my life more um, on the sustainable side. I just like kind of like to to round things up and just to kind of share some tips with people. Mm-hmm. I think one people need to adopt a, a more mindful way of spending. And I think it's important to ask yourself questions like, when you go out shopping, is it essential? You know how how much can you actually get from the item? Similar to what um, Jenny was saying, you know, like the rule of thirty. Can I actually wear this item with different outfits? And another thing is like a lot, of, a lot of it is um, is emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you feel when you buy um, certain items? Are you just buying it because of you've seen a friend wear it and you feel like you want to fill a mung, etc.? Mm-hmm. So I think those are the things you need to check yourself on. And I definitely a hundred percent recommend people watch the show uh, Netflix Minimalist because it will just kind of get you away from that mindset of holding on to clutter. I think what people don't realise is that it's only it's only when you move out from your parents' space or you get your own space, you then start to think quite differently as to how much space are my clothes occupying, you know? So mm-hmm. those are kind of just my, my closing statements and some tips that people can take if you want to start your sustainable journey. And I don't think it's not about... Um, shopping sustainably is about more of the sustainable mindset Um, Mm. but yeah we hope you've enjoyed listening to another episode of Your Real Money Stories podcast (laughs) have a lovely evening guys Bye. bye you've just listened to an episode of Your Real Money Stories an original podcast brought to you in association with Zopa who provide great value financial products and tools to make managing your money a lot easier. So make sure you subscribe and share with your friends who you think might have related to this episode. For more information and resources around the themes discussed in this episode, head over to zopa.com forward slash podcast. And of course, if you want to be on the next episode, make sure you slide into our DMs on Instagram at moneymedics.